Philly, I just feel like Philly's so delusional. Like, what do, what do they think Ben Simmons is? A fucking superstar? He's, he doesn't shoot the ball, and he, when he does shoot, he can't make it. So it's like, you remove one facet of the, of the game. That's tough. Like, he sucks. All right, welcome to the 37th episode of Clubhouse Combos. It's your host, Colin. Ev, how you doing today, buddy? Pretty good. Uh, hanging in there. Was elected president of my fraternity for next year. Congratulations. Thank you. Let's go. Big news. Yeah. It's huge news. Congrats. Thank you. First time we've done an in-person pod in a while. Newman, how are you? I'm pretty good. I skipped my only class today, and there's no class tomorrow, so I'm feeling fucking yeah. lovely. I slept cool. through my class this morning <laughs> on accident. Um, no Dan today. He's busy with football, I, I assume. Uh, so let's hop into some MLB news. A couple things have happened since we last talked. Uh, Andrew Heaney signed a one-year $8.5 million deal with the Dodgers. I personally feel like this is a bit of an overpay by LA, but what do you guys think? Well, I mean, the dude had like a five ERA plus and was one of the worst pitchers in baseball last year, and he's getting $8 million per. I saw something on online that teams are just looking – to get the next Robbie Ray is what it seemed to be like a left-handed thrower. Um, and teams are just hoping that it's going to be Heaney. And I mean, Dodgers seem to be a good fit. So we'll see if he turns it around. Well, I mean, if, if Andrew Heaney turns out to be the next Robbie Ray, I, I fucking, I feel like someone should owe money. That's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was so, it seemed like he gave up a home run every other batter mm-hmm. when he was with the Yankees. Um, but I guess maybe the, the pitching staff, pitching coaches there see something in him that they could fix, and maybe he turns it around. He had a couple good years in the, back in Anaheim back in the day. So, and Not sure what film they're looking at. <laughs> um, in other news, Buster Posey has retired. Um, congratulations to Buster on an illustrious career. Um, any thoughts on what's next for the Giants? You guys see maybe Crawford or Belt possibly retiring this offseason, Newman? Yeah, I mean, that would just suck. I feel like these, these are the guys we grew up with. I mean, Posey and fucking Crawford, they've been there for the long haul. I mean, I feel like the Giants, I don't know, they don't have a lot of star power. Um, but I guess, like we talk about all fucking year, they just are so consistent. And it's guys like Crawford, guys like Posey that come in every night and produce um so those are tough replacements if they both go do you see them returning to the top of the nl west next year Ev? i personally do not uh, i probably have them third uh i really like what the padres did bringing in bob melvin and and i mean the dodgers are the dodgers so uh for me no it's gonna be hard without posey obviously really the captain of that team uh, i mean they like to say brandon belt but he's probably right right up there yeah um and it's it's such a tough loss. I talk a lot about all their starting pitching. Like it's something I said on this podcast was just like he does so much calling. He does so well calling games, and that's also something that they'll be missing. Like I wonder. I, I'm really curious to see now what some of these guys' ERAs will look like next year without Buster behind the plate. Yeah, certainly a good point. Uh, in some free agent news, J.D. Martinez opted into his contract to stay a Red Sox, uh, I believe $19 million. Um, What do you guys think? I-, I like it personally. I like it as well. Um, you know, it's, it really seems like they're going to be losing either Schwarber or J.D. That was the expectation, so probably Schwarber's a goner. Well, I heard Heim was still interested in signing him. I'm sure he's interested, but I think Schwarber wants to get paid, and, and he should based on the year that he had. Um 
So for me, obviously JD, really solid hitter. He'll give you like, you know, 290, 300. He'll give you 30 homers. Like he's just been that guy uh, ever since he was with the Tigers. So I like JD. I, I'm happy he's back. Newman? I mean, yeah, I like having JD back, but at the same time, if if it is either a JD or Schwarber kind of thing, I think I'd rather have Schwarber. I mean, he can play the field, he can DH, he's learning how to play first. I feel like if we're going to keep Schwarber as well, it probably involved Dahlbeck being moved, which is fine. I'm not opposed to that at all. I mean, I don't really think he's that great. Um, and we could slide Schwarber into first base, so I'm, I'm Well, it just sucked. Well, it just sucked because it was a player option, so he had – all the decisions. So it was really it's not in, in our hands, which is tough. Yeah. I could see a, a possible Dahlbeck trade for some form of pitching. Uh, I think that's obviously the Red Sox biggest need going into the off season. Um, but yeah, to your point, Evan, he's definitely going to want some money and I'm not sure uh, the Red Sox are going to spend it on Schwarber, but right. we have bigger needs. And I mean, Red Sox always seem to bring in uh, like, I don't know. I wouldn't be shocked to see them sign like a, a guy like Mitch Moreland if they do decide to trade Bobby. Uh, just like a cheap vet uh, on what a one or two year deal, put him at first base, see what he does. I'm curious who the free agent first baseman are, so I'm going to check that out. Uh, well, you look at that, uh, a couple more free agent news, uh, little tidbits here. Uh, Clayton Kershaw and Carlos Rodon did not receive qualifying offers, so they will be free agents. Um, obviously, Kershaw been with the Dodgers for a long time. I assume he goes back there and it, but it's interesting that Chicago doesn't qualify Rodone after the year he had, uh, and he's what only 26, 27. So, uh, you guys see him leaving Chicago this off season. I do. I think he's gone. And, and I just, I think it's really not, not his fault. I mean, put up great numbers when he was healthy, but this is the thing you can only pay so many pitchers. They already have Lynn under contract again, Giolito, um, and you know, Ronaldo Lopez looked really good last year. Like they, they got guys coming up. So for me, a guy who had Tommy John surgery and missed a lot of this year, um, as well, I, it's going to be tough for me to be convinced to pay him big money that he probably wants. And I'm sure he'll get on the market. Oh, I agree. I, and I think that it's the same situation for Kershaw. I mean, he's been playing for a bit longer, but I think in the past couple of years, you've seen he's bad, been battling injury. And, and when he's not injured, sometimes the numbers aren't there like we are used to seeing out of prime Kershaw. So I think the Dodgers are being cautious, um, not extending an offer, just monitoring his health. I mean, maybe I, I assume their cap situation is hell with all the big names they have, but like, I don't know if they'd even be able to bring him back if they wanted to. I figure they, with his health issues right now, they could probably bring him back on cheaper than 17.4. Yeah. That's all I got for the MLB. Real um, quick, uh, so yeah. some free agents, not many notable ones, but Freddie Freeman, well, he's notable. Brandon Belt, Anthony Rizzo, Mitch Moreland, who I mentioned earlier, and Travis Shaw. Uh, Ryan Zimmerman's an interesting one. Maybe him. Um, other than that, really slim picking, so – that would suck, though, uh, to lose Schwarber, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, so let's move into the NBA. We have our second power rankings that came out on Tuesday. Uh, they go as follows. Golden State first. Philadelphia 76ers jump from not ranked to second. Brooklyn Nets in third. Utah Jazz in fourth. Miami Heat fifth. Chicago Bulls sixth. Dallas Mavericks seven. Phoenix Suns eight. Milwaukee Bucks nine. And New York Knicks slide in at number 10. What do you guys think of these rankings? 
Man, I'm pretty happy with them. Did anyone? I so I had Golden State at one. I assume one of you did as I well. I did as well. I think I okay. did too. Yeah, I mean, um, I feel like what's, what Steph Curry is doing is unbelievable. Yeah, we'll talk about him a little bit later. But uh, my my biggest surprise was Philly jumping all the way from not ranked to second. I don't think I had them at second. Well, I'm shocked that they weren't ranked. That was the that was the week I didn't. It was two out. weeks ago, so they, they I think they were like four and four or yeah, maybe start. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, four and four. They have two losses. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe they were just like two and two or something. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I got no problems with these rankings. It's pretty good. No. And it's very early. The one the thing is though, no Wizards at seven and three. They actually look pretty good with Beal, yeah. um, Kuzma, Harrell, and Dinwiddie, yeah. and you know Caldwell Pope. They got some guys this year. I actually think I had them maybe ten or nine. Ten. I, I don't think I had them in, but. I just I don't, don't know if it's sustainable. It. It's probably not sustainable, but like I don't know, they look pretty good, and they're definitely a more talented group than they were a year ago. Yeah. Uh, let's move into some NBA news and uh, in recent trade rumors surrounding the 76ers point guard Ben Simmons. Uh, there's been rumors that the Celtics had some discussions, and Philadelphia asked for. I believe Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Rob Williams, and draft picks. And uh, Brad Stevens hung up the phone without <laughs> responding. Uh, are the 76ers looking for too much in Simmons? Newman? I mean, yeah. I mean, you and I as the, the Brown <laughs> group, I wouldn't even fucking consider a one-for-one swap, much <laughs> less the rest of the, the shit that he wanted to throw in there. I, mean, I agree I, on I, the one-for-one I just think swap. The f- the Philly, I just feel like Philly is so delusional. Like, what what do they think Ben Simmons is? A fucking superstar? He's, he doesn't shoot the ball. And he, when he does shoot, he can't make it. So it's like you remove one facet of the, of the game. It's tough because, like, he sucks. Yeah, he's certainly not. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't even know if I'd swap him for CJ McCollum if I'm Portland. Like, I honestly. Simmons just like what does he bring to you? Maybe eight assists. Well, he's a eight rebounds. He's a phenomenal playmaker and he's a phenomenal defender. Uh, those are, you know, I I agree that he's not like to be the number one pick. You got to live up to some sort of expectation. He hasn't even hit the the floor, but like for me, I don't know. Like I think he's. I think he gets a lot of hate, rightfully so, but, like, I think people disrespect him a little too much. Well, I think about the McCollum swap. What does he do for Portland that isn't already being done? I mean, Lillard is the playmaker there. Simmons isn't really. I would argue Lillard's more of a scorer. I I think Lillard does it all. I mean, he's really good at everything. I I agree with you, but I think playmaker, defender, got to be Simmons for me Um, over Lillard. Lillard and, you know. Lord's really good at everything else, like much better than Simmons. Don't get me wrong. But I think Lillard, uh, they could all benefit from a guy who kind of like sets the table. I think Lillard's more of a scorer. I'd like to, like, he gets what, 25 per game on average. So I don't know. I don't know what Newman has to say. I mean, I mean, points help you win the game. So if your point guard is not giving you points, I don't know how you're going to fucking win games. So I'd take Lillard in a heartbeat. Um, what's an ideal fit for Ben Simmons and what's a reasonable return in your minds? Well, I, th- I th- I'll go first. I think a great fit is, uh, with the Golden State Warriors. Um, I think he would fit right in. I think that's a culture you want to bring a player like that into, uh, obviously a really good team. 
you know, with Steph Curry, uh, who's a big time scorer, they get Clay back. I would maybe even consider Simmons at the one, Curry at the two, and then uh, Thompson at the three. Then they can they usually play small, so put someone else at the four. Um, just for me, I I think that would be a good fit. Like that that's the culture. Like I said, you, that's a culture you want to bring a guy like that into. What do you think Golden State would send back? Wiggins. No, I don't think anyone wants Wiggins. I think people more so are probably going to want their uh, – who's that big man? Wiseman. I think I think they would maybe ask for Wiseman. I doubt they do it, but, like, that's probably where they would start the negotiation. Yeah, Newman, what, what do you think? Yeah, I wouldn't, I'm not so sure about the Warriors. I feel like you want Steph Curry with the ball at all times, and if you have Ben Simmons at the one carrying up the ball, that might throw off some mojo. I'm thinking maybe, like, the Kings or somewhere, like, very mm-hmm. random where you could get, like, Bagley and maybe Buddy Heald as a rental good shooter in return so you could slide in Simmons to play with Fox. But, I I mean, if I'm a team, I don't even pick up the phone for Simmons. I don't want that on my team. Well, he's a me- he's got mental health issues. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I more so agree with Newman. I, I really don't think there are many teams out there that are very interested. I, I just don't think he brings that much more to the table. Yeah, he's an above-average uh, elite defender, but besides that, well, yeah, a lot of people can make plays in this league. I mean, it's not that hard. No, no. Uh, I was just gonna say, yeah, no, I, I. Speaking about playmaking, uh, Steph Curry. A couple nights ago, dropped 50 with 10 assists in a win over the Atlanta Hawks. Um, are the Warriors just going to be unstoppable this year? And is Steph here? I mean, he's got to be the MVP favorite right now, no? Oh, definitely. I, I think what it comes down to is will teams commit to, to slowing down Steph Curry? As, like, for example, how the teams are slowing down Tyree Kill. They're putting two guys on Tyree Kill, whereas – you, I mean, you can't really double. It's hard to double Steph Curry the whole game and expect the rest of the four players not to score. But I think you have to do something like that at this point. He's scoring threes at will. Well, the thing about Steph Curry is he's almost impossible to double because he's just so elusive. <laughs> I know. It's, it's like tough. a ghost. What are your thoughts, Evan? Uh, you see the Warriors finishing probably top four in the West? This yeah, year? 100% uh, top four. I would put a lot of money on that today. Uh, great home team. Listen, they have had an easy schedule, but I'm all in. Like Newman brought up earlier, maybe not that long ago, before the season started, brought up like Jordan Poole, right, Newman? That was me. That was you. He was my sleeper. Oh, year. that's right. Yes. Oh, good pick. Yeah, he's looking phenomenal. Like the young guys there are getting it done. So I like I like the Warriors. Yeah. Yeah, I like them a lot too. Um. Another Western Conference team, uh, a little bit of not-so-great news. The Suns owner, uh, the hippies came out, a lot of sexual assault allegations. Um, it was rumored that uh, the owner's wife was calling people, threatening them not to um, tell the media anything. So a pretty bad look for the Suns. Uh, over under a month before this guy's forced out of the league. Well, I mean, if, if we've ta- I mean, I feel like we have this talk every week with the different teams. So, I mean, given how the rest of the shit has gone, probably under, and he'll probably be out of there. It sucks that, like, literally, it seems like no owners in any sport are, are good people. Well, I mean, it, yes, unfortunately. But it it is also harder to force an owner out of the game than it is. I mean, That's you got to force them to sell and... <laughs> 
you got to find a buyer, but uh, it'll be interesting. You think any former NBA players would be interested? I know Kevin Garnett has been interested in um, being involved in purchasing a team. That'd be cool. Yeah, I, I'd like to see it. Obviously, like MJ with with Charlotte, that's yeah. that's a good one. Um, I mean, he's got the money to do it too. So yeah, I can't imagine the Suns are worth all that much. No, that's true. Probably no. I would say under a billion for sure. Um, in other news, the Cleveland Cavaliers sit at seven and four right now, currently in the playoffs. <laughs> Uh, with Colin Sexton going down to the torn meniscus, is it sustainable for the Cavs? Ed? Oh, I didn't even know he got hurt, and that sucks because he was my uh, Sleeper, what, comeback yeah. player or something. Most improved. Oh, I didn't know about that. Uh, no, that'll really hurt them. I, you know, I don't think that they'll make the playoffs. I did see Ricky Rubio the other other night go eight and nine from three at MSG. I did not see that. Yeah, so I mean, they're wow. getting contributions from. Guys, you want to unlikely get sources. Yeah, exactly. Newman, what do you think? Uh, I mean, yeah, it's definitely gonna hurt. I mean, to be honest, though, going into the year, I, I was when I was reading about the Cavs, a lot of experts seem to think that Darius Garland is actually the, the guard to to own there. Like he's yeah. gonna end up having better potential than Sexton. So I think he is gonna have every opportunity now to to kind of have a coming out. Yeah, I like Garland a lot. Um yeah, the last NBA piece of news I have is the Atlanta Hawks. I know it's a lineup or part of a lineup card question, uh, but they sit at four and eight. How concerned are you for their uh, the rest of their season, Newman? Um, I wouldn't be too concerned. Yeah, I'm just pulling up their stats. I have no idea what they're doing. I mean, Trey Young's playing well. Looks like Collins is playing well. I mean, they're all putting up decent numbers, so I wouldn't necessarily be uh, that worried. Although they just got mopped by Curry the other day. Yeah. Yeah. That was brutal. Uh, Evan's looking at the Cavs right now. Rubio at 37 and 10. Holy shit. Yeah. Holy shit. It's probably career high for Ricky Rubio. <laughs> I know. Which school did Evan Mobile go to? USC. Oh, he's that guy. USC. Yes. He was dirty oh, in the tournament. Oh, yeah. yeah. Put up 26 in that same game. Nine boards. Five and six. Yeah. Um, look good. I'm not really concerned for the Hawks yet, given how they looked last year at a much later date. Uh, it's better off, I guess, to have these issues. You know, if you're going to have them, have them at the beginning of the year rather than the middle or the end. So I think they're going to be fine. I think they have the right coach. I think they have, that they have the right players. Maybe John Collins should should be traded. I know, you know, him and Trey have had, you know, beef a little bit. Uh, and I don't think he's been great. I think it's more of Ben Capella and, and um, Trey. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, let's move on to – or unless, Newman, you already talked about the Hawks, right? Yeah. yeah. All right, let's move on to the NHL and our NHL power rankings. Uh, so, at the top, the Florida Panthers, who suffered their first loss last night, uh, followed by Edmonton Oilers second, Carolina Hurricanes third, Minnesota Wild four, Calgary Flames jump from not ranked, ranked all the way up to fifth, Tampa Bay Lightning slide four spots down to six. Toronto Maple Leafs make their first appearance in the top 10 at number seven. St. Louis Blues, number eight. New York Rangers, number nine. And the Flyers make their power ranking debut at number 10. What do you guys think of these rankings? I like the rankings. Uh, they seem pretty reasonable. I think there's a there's an easy top three. I agree with the Wild at four. And I think it's very similar to what I had. I, I, I don't have, like, one complaint. 
Yeah, I agree. I think I had all these 10 teams. Yeah, I, I think these are the 10 teams I had. I mean, the wild for the Wild to be up there with Kaprizov having only two goals is pretty amazing what they've done and so far. And Talbot has given up four or more goals in four of his five wins this year. Yeah, it's wild. And, I mean, Toronto, we shat on them last week, and they've seemingly turned around. Marner's turned going, around. Tavares scoring every game, so – yeah, point. that hurt us. Got Bruins played them. Yeah, Nothing Toronto lost. Speaking about scoring, uh, Alexander Ovechkin leads the league with eleven goals right now. What's his final season total prediction from you guys? <laughs> I'm going fifty-seven. I would say fifty-four. I'll go fifty-two. I think, uh, I think he, he's 50. definitely going to eclipse fifties. Uh, you think he wins the Rocket? Oh yeah, right now. with fifty something, yeah. yeah. Did anybody? I can't remember. Did anybody here have um, Austin Matthews with the Rocket? I'm going. I think to I did. My, don't not looking too hard. Can't remember if anybody did, but my I, Rocket was to break it. Okay, he's got a lot. Um, no, Matthews. I mean, he, granted, he does score a lot, but I think that it was like I was watching. Uh, I somehow came over the predictions like the nhl network predictions at the beginning at the beginning of the year um and they pretty much had him like across the board like everybody's saying matthews for goals i'm like i I mean are we forgetting about like ovechkin pasta people like the bracket that you said i don't know i think he gets like overhyped with goal scoring i do as well especially as a center like his job is more to facilitate um in the zone uh, he's obviously great at creating scoring chances for himself with that toe drag snapshot is, but um, I don't, uh, it just feels like, yeah, every time he scores a goal, he's on NHL Instagram. <laughs> just licking his balls all the time. Um, in other news, as I said, Florida lost their first game last night to the Devils, <laughs> uh, seven to three. Uh, that, was, uh, that was their second loss. They Florida. lost. Yeah, the they Rangers. lost. Oh, Florida did. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. Um, so Florida's lost two in a row. The Devils sit in top four in the Atlantic right now. Um, I think Metro. They're se- uh, Metro, yeah. <laughs> Seven, four, and two. Fuck off. They were in the Atlantic last year. Um, <laughs> what do you think of the New Jersey Devils? Uh, is it their year or they got a couple more years to go before they make the playoffs, Newman? Um. That's tough. I mean, the Metro is so tough. I'd have to say they probably have a couple more years to go, but I like what they're building there. I mean, the young core, Jack Hughes, and I, I love Mackenzie <laughs> Blackwood. I think he's going to be a great goaltender. And Bernier was fantastic to start the year while Blackwood was injured. So I like their future, just not now. Yeah, I agree with you. I think they have some good young pieces, but uh, it's going to be a few more years. Uh, I'm about to make a guarantee. Um Whoa. I haven't made one of these in a while, so I got my my note, uh, my word doc open, ready to scribe. Uh, Colin looks like he's doing something. Um, I don't think the New York Islanders make the playoffs. Uh, I just don't. I hate the offense. I hate the offense. I know it. It always tends to get it done. Like I know, um, but I don't. Just they have not been impressive to me this year. And uh, I, I do like – I know Newman loves Sorokin a lot, and I think he's really good. And I think the defense is good, but I don't know. Just not sold on them right now. And there's too much good competition in the uh, Eastern Conference. Yeah, I mean, it's a fair point. I, I still have them making it. I like them this year. I think they'll turn around. 
in other news, other surprising teams, the Red Wings are <laughs> seven, five, and two. As I said, just beat Florida last night, or sorry, not Florida, uh, Edmonton last night. They are second in the Atlantic division. Uh, I think we gave them like a month to fall out of the playoffs, and it's been close to it. Uh, so how long do you think the Red Wings stay afloat, Newman? I mean, it can't be much longer, but then again, like we say that every week and they're doing well. I mean, what Bertuzzi can – like Bertuzzi has nine goals and he's not even playing in all the games. Um, I believe he is and, now because he just played in Boston. Oh, yeah, okay. Did he get, so, did he get the Vax? Yeah. Yeah, so I mean – him having him for all the games now is super big. Lucas Raymond and Cider, the two draft picks from a couple mm-hmm. years ago, are looking to pan out really well. So I saw that um, this year the those two combined have twenty four points, and Lafreniere and Kako have four. <laughs> but pretty, the Rangers are in second place, so yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, yeah. I pretty much agree with everything Newman said. I brought those two young kids. Uh, I, they're so good. And uh, I guess I'll make another one, another guarantee, because why not? Um, I'm going to say Lucas Raymond wins the Calder. Um, I, I was lucky enough to get him on my fantasy team, and I, I really like him. Seems to be scoring a lot of goals, just doing the, doing the little things right, and, like, Caulfield's down. I don't know. I, I take Raymond over Zegers right now. So I, I'm going to guarantee that one. It's not a bad guarantee. He's looked really good this year. Speaking of a team that has not looked great this year, the Colorado Avalanche have started four, five, and one in their first 10 games. Uh, Nathan McKinnon's only got one goal, and he is now out for three weeks with a hamstring injury. Uh, Darcy Kemper has looked subpar with a .908 save percentage, 2.89 goals against average. Is there reason to be concerned about Colorado's tough start? I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll no, take you it. Take it. You start. Um, no, but like maybe a little bit because McKinnon's now out three weeks, and I don't know. I guess something seems off. I, I really was so high on them. I thought Bednar they were he was going to lead them to the best record in hockey. Uh, I don't know. I, I, not having McKinnon is tough, and I I'm really just surprised at where they're at right now. I really am. It's crazy to think both Colorado and Vegas, the two teams we all said would undoubtedly finish one and two in the West are both out of the playoff spot right now. I know it's early, but well, you know what, you know, you know what, Colin, it never happens how you envision it. (laughs) Yeah. You like to say. (laughs) No, I mean, I agree. I'm a little concerned. I'm looking, their power play is second worst in the league. Um, Usually a strength for them. I mean, and Makar is a minus eight, so not looking like a, the Norris contender that at least I thought he'd be. Um, and Kemper's been terrible. So it, it's definitely a cause for concern. I mean, it's still early. They can easily just turn it around and rattle off some wins. But, like, I think there is some reason maybe to shake up some lines. You know, Ranton and, and Landeskog aren't really going either. So see what happens. Yeah. Um, this is kind of like, I guess, a little bit off topic, but um, this power play used to be so lethal. And granted, Makar is so good for the power play. Like, I get that. But it was really at its prime when they had Tyson Berry quarterback in the power play. Obviously, now he's with Edmonton, and we know the power play they have. He's the quarterback there. Um, Makar's still young. Like, I don't know. I'm really surprised with all the talent they've had, and that's always been a strength for them. Um their power play. So really surprising to hear that they're, that they're second worst. And also Darcy Kemper really like he's a solid goalie, but I remember his days in Minnesota when he was young and 
he just was not impressive. And and I get sometimes you have like, you know, these drastic improvements and I think he earned uh, has earned what he's gotten, but I think he, he's another one of those guys that just, that just gets overhyped. Yeah. Um, a goalie that's not getting enough hype right now is John Gibson in Anaheim. The ducks have won five in a row. Gibson's got six wins in 10 games, a 0.927 save percentage, and a 2.34 goals against average. He's got Anaheim in the playoffs currently. Uh, you think John Gibson's enough to propel this team to maybe the four seed in a weak Pacific right now? Um, I do. I like their team right now. Um, Ryan Getzlaff looks incredible. And you know what is so frustrating? I have four centers that I don't want to drop, and he's sitting out yeah. there, and I – I just can't I drop anybody to get him. You really fucked that up. I know. Well, oh well. You did fuck that up. Um, it, obviously Troy Terry and his twelve game point streak really come on. I try. I almost actually put in a claim for him, but I missed out, which was sad. Um, oh, and John Gibson Newman was saying prayers for him in, in the group chat the other night. I don't know. You know, he, when he was here back when they had guys like Perry Getzlaff, you know, all these guys, Palmieri, back when they had those people. John Gibson was still like really solid. Like I, I think he's one of those guys that like gets it done. And I think he could totally propel them to a playoff spot. Alone, Newman. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. He's one of the best goalies in the league. He's been one of the best goalies in the league for years now, and he's like finally has a team in front of him that's actually playing for him. Like Troy Terry out of nowhere has been great, and like you said, Getzloff is rejuvenated. Like I have had Adam Henrique on my fantasy team. He's doing really well. Um, so they're giving him goal support and years past, they usually don't. Um, and he said to build them out. So I'm really happy for him. I mean, he wanted to get out of there at the beginning of the year. So good for him. Yeah. I have Cam Fowler. Uh, I picked him up Score right now. Goals, He's right. got two goals and eight assists in 14 games. So Cam Fowler is like another guy that they paid a lot of money, $6 million a year uh, when he kind of looked like he was going to be, a number one defenseman in this league capable of putting up 40, 50 points um, early on in his career. So it's, it's good to see Fowler's turning it around. That's a huge, huge boost for them on the back end. Obviously they have Lindholm as well. Um, yeah. And I'm looks good. They're, they're definitely one of the most, if not the most surprising team to start the year for me. There's a lot of them in that division. Yeah. That's a lineup card question. Yeah. Uh, let's get to the lineup card. That's all I got for the NHL. Perfect. All right. So, you know, nine questions once again, um, we'll start off with some NFL. So Monday Night Football saw some controversy after Cassis March uh, taunting call. Uh, there was a big thing on social media, people going after Marsh, people going after Tony Corrente, the ref. Uh, what was your take on the situation, Newman? Right call, wrong call for the taunt? Okay, so I'm going to say it's the right call. However, you can put a little asterisk on it because he's clearly ready to throw the flag before he even runs by. So he's going, I feel like he's going to throw it regardless of what the fuck Marsh does. But I mean, they showed the video and explained like it's a point of emphasis. So I think by rule, it is the right call as much as it fucking sucks. Which call are we talking about? Him running to the sideline or the ref sticking his ass in him? It's the same one. It's the same one. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, I yeah, didn't realize. So the, two, yeah, the ref said play. that it had nothing to do with the bump. It had everything to do with him running over and, like, posturing or something at the, the sideline afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize those were the same play because I've only seen them in separate clips. I don't like the call, honestly. I mean, he didn't say a word to the sideline. You know, you make a big play. It was, I believe, a third down. 
uh, close game, Monday night football, like you're going to show emotion and that's just part of football. And I agree with like Adam Thielen who tweeted, like just taking the fun out of the game. It's taking the fun out of watching the game. You want to see guys get fucking fired up when they make a great play or, or a big impact play. Like that's just part of football. And that's what you want to see on your TV, not yeah. the refs dictating the game. Well, Here's the thing. I'm kind of an asterisk on this answer as well. I think it's the right call this year, given the circumstances of the taunting call. Um, I also hate this guy, Marsh. Uh, he's, you know, come out, obviously played for the Patriots. He's come out, ripped Bill, ripped the system, ripped how they do it. So yeah, this guy him. can quite frankly go fuck himself. <laughs> um, it was the right call given the taunting calls this year, but it was, I don't like the taunting rules. I think all of us don't like the taunting rules, but it was the right call given the circumstances this year. Um, all right, moving into our next NFL question. Odell Beckham Jr. is now officially a free agent for the first time in his career. He has re- reportedly narrowed his decision to the Kansas City Chiefs, Green Bay Packers, and New Orleans Saints with the Patriots still in the mix. Where is the best fit for the receiver, Colin? I think the best fits in Green Bay. Uh, they've had some issues with wide receiver depth this year. Valdez Scantling's missed time. Lazar has missed time. Uh, Randall Cobb hasn't really been as much of a factor as I think a lot of people thought he was going to be this year. Um, I think Odell's a good fit there. Obviously, Rodgers and Adams uh, would make for a really nice trio with Jones and, and Dylan emerging out of that backfield. That gives you a ton of weapons. Um I'd obviously like to see him fall in New England. I think Bill could do good things with him. Um, But I think in terms of the best fit, it's probably Green Bay. Um, I would say New Orleans, but I just feel like that quarterback play is going to deter him from going there. Um, Well, it is best fit. Oh, you just don't like the fit. I don't like the fit. Uh, They obviously need a wide receiver, but I don't think Odell wants to go catch passes from Trevor Semyon or Taysom Hill. I think there's just better quarterbacks that could throw him the ball right now. Mm-hmm. No, I have to agree. I think Green Bay is probably the best fit. They need a receiver. Um, I think, I mean, he wants to play for a contender. I think Green Bay has kind of emerged amongst those four as probably in the best spot to contend. Uh, although I just saw a tweet like two minutes ago that New England's Uh-oh. all in on getting him. So, oh, wow. Wow. interesting. Um, That'd be fun. I think, yeah, they could bring him in like they brought in AB and kind of turn him around. So I wouldn't be opposed to that either, but I'll go with Green Bay. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Patriots. I just think I talked a lot about Ben Simmons needing to go to a good culture. I think this is honestly the perfect culture for OBJ. I could hopefully turn him around. I think he would listen to Bill. I think he respects Bill. They have a relationship. And you get to be the number one receiver on, on this team. I'm sure I, you know, I've heard a lot of like the one reason people Pats fans don't want OBJ is because they don't want Mac to be forced to look his way, give him his eight to ten targets a night. Well, Mac looks everybody's way, so I don't think that's really an issue. Well, OBJ wants targets though. That's the problem. So he yeah, might yeah. feel compelled to only throw uh to OBJ given you know the, the kind of receiver that he is. I think it's the Patriots. Uh I again I just love the culture fit there. Um, moving into some NBA, obviously we're, we're roughly 10 games into the NBA season so far, which team's start has surprised you the most Celtics four and six Hawks, four and eight bucks, five and six wizards, seven and three Warriors nine and one. 
I think for me, it has to be the Warriors just because I thought, like, I thought, I, I think I had them at two in the power, like my initial <laughs> rankings, but I thought it was going to take getting Thompson back for them to reach that level. Uh, and clearly they don't need him. Like the Steph Curry, the start he's had is ridiculous. It's building off of the insane finish he had last year, which I did not think was sustainable. And, and clearly it is. And the supporting cast has been there for him. Jordan Poole, like we've talked about, has been really good. Um, so they've been super surprising to me coming out at nine and one. I'd say Atlanta for me at four and eight. Um, it's a team I had finishing fourth or in top four in the East. Um, I, I just kind of expected more. Like Evan pointed out earlier, they finally got the coach. It seemed like the right fit uh, in Nate McMillan. Um, and it just really hasn't worked out to start the year. Um, I'll be interested to see if John Collins is a piece they hang on to. I know he's been rumored to uh, knock it along with Trey. We've talked about that before. And he just got a lot of money, but um, obviously money doesn't deter people from uh, going out and getting an impact player in the NBA. So I'll be interested to see if they maybe move Collins for another big man. Yeah, I'll keep it a little bit different. I'm going to go with the Celtics uh, just because of all the problems that we've seen through these first 10 games. I had them top four in the East. I thought this was their year. I thought things were going to turn around. But once again, you know, I'm much surprised but I shouldn't be, uh, you know, problems again, Brown and Tatum's can't seem to figure out a way to play together. Smart's playing like shit. He's calling out the whole team. The coach seems to not have control. So Celtics for me, it, it's, it's, it has not looked good so far. Um, a couple nights ago, uh, Nikola Jokic received enough. Uh, fuck it, I'm reading the question. <laughs> I forgot. I didn't put a preface on that. Um, Jokic Morris, they get into a scuffle. Uh, you know, it was pretty bad. I'm sure most of you have seen it. I'm sure you guys have seen it. So did he get enough punishment after his altercation with Marquise Morris? It was a one game suspension. Did he, uh, should he have gotten another game or was one game enough? Colin? Uh, I think probably more. I mean, Morris, yeah, he bumped into him, but and Jokic took two steps and shouldered him in the back. Like I get the NBA is a soft ass sport. Like they brought out a stretcher. Like, bro, you, you didn't get the shit kicked out of you in an alley. You got knocked over by a seven foot white dude. It couldn't have hurt that much. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. You probably need more in this kind of league where physicality is just honestly frowned upon at this point. Um, so I, I probably would give them two or three, but whatever. Yeah, man. I mean, can you hear these guys outside my window by the way the music no all right good they're partying at like five o'clock on a wednesday this is ridiculous no, no school tomorrow man that's yeah you're right um <laughs> get after for me i really don't care but like i think one game is fine they're grown men they'll get over it i mean Jokic does that pick shit that morris did like all the time so but i guess for morris to turn his back and then Jokic to push him is kind of rude i think um <laughs> <laughs> One game's fine. I don't really don't care. I'm going to say more than one game. It was just something I'm like I'd ever seen before. You just, like you said, took two, three steps. It was a total cheap shot. You can't go to when someone's not looking and freaking literally throw your whole arm at them. Uh, Shit you'd see in like football when, uh, you know, know, receiver or – you know, who was the fucking player that was like that punched the Saints defensive back? Oh, who was that guy? Um, That's kind of what oh, it reminded the, me of. Oh, the Bears guy. Or something. Yeah, 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 something like that. Guy. That's kind of what it reminded me of a little <laughs> he bit. He just runs out to Gardner Johnson yeah. and punches him. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's more than one game. 
Major League Baseball could be heading towards a potential lockout. It's not looking too good right now. Uh, but, you know, there's always hope. I know I saw owners had some hope. So finish the blank. The 2022 MLB season will be played as normal with 162 games. Will be played but start late and have less than 162 games or not be played at all? Newman. I think it's going to start late. and I think they're going to have less than the normal amount of games. I think the COVID season kind of proved that the owners and the MLBPA don't really negotiate well. Um, and at least we got a season, but it, it seems like the owners just kept putting it off until they got the number of games they wanted, um, which I would assume would be a similar situation now. Um, but I think, I think they have a decent enough relationship that we will have a season, which is great. And 162 games is a lot anyway, so I wouldn't even be mad um, about a shorter season, as long as it's not by a lot. Like, one, 130 would be awesome. Like, anything below 100, though, I'd kind of be upset. I think it's going to be 162 games. I did see a report today that said um, they're preparing for two and a half months of hell um, in these negotiations. So I don't think there is much hope. Um, but I think just – Obviously, all the shit the owners got and the players to a certain degree, too, after the COVID and all that drama about getting back on the field. They only play 60 games like it's just kind of a joke of a negotiation. And obviously, it was very public about the owners being um, very unwilling to pay a certain amount of money. Um, so I think just that bad press is going to force these two sides to come to an agreement because, Obviously, like people say baseball is a dying game. Uh, I don't necessarily think that's true. We've seen ratings higher than they've ever been. Um, but all the, you can't be having this type of shit in the media and just so much league-wide dysfunction every two to three years. It's, it's a bad look. Yeah, and I'm really not sure what uh, kind of role Rob Manfred has in these negotiations. I hope none at all, because if he's involved, we certainly won't get a full 162 games. So I'll agree with Newman. I'll say it'll start a little bit late. And like like Connor said, I mean, you know, who's complaining at that? Too long of a season. I think we would all agree. Yeah. Transitioning over to some NHL talk, there have been several surprising teams in the NHL this season, but in particular from the Pacific Division. Which team finishes the year with the best record? Flames, Ducks, Sharks, or Kings? I don't have the records uh, on here. I can pull them up for you, Colin, if Newman wants to go first. No, I, I know it's okay. there. Uh, I believe it goes Flames it's, in second, Ducks in third. No, it's the exact order of which I named them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so as I was yeah, oh. saying, uh, saying the correct order, you asshole. Um, I, I think the Flames finish the best out of those four. Um, to me, Calgary last year was a really big surprise at how much they struggled. Uh, they, they signed Markstrom last year. Obviously, Goudreau had a huge down year. It's a contract year for him. He's looked really good. Matthew Kachuk has looked good. They were rumored to be interested in Eichel, so they're obviously willing to go all in to win this year. I think they have a good squad to do it. Um, Markstrom. You know, yeah, they've really good. I, I said that no. they've had they've had great regular seasons before. They just haven't sustained any playoff success. Um, I'm not going to say that they will this year, but I do think they make the playoffs. Connor, I think you had the Kings with the best record of the teams on this list. Are you sticking with that? No, I'm going to change the Flames. I think they're just scoring so hot. Like they're scoring a shit ton of goals. Lindholm has seven. Manjapani has eight. Um, to Chuck has six. And I mean, Jacob Marstrom has probably been the story for their team to start the year. He'll probably be the goalie for team Sweden when it's time for the Olympics next year. Um, so he's been balling out for them and 
I think they have Vladar as their backup. He's been good too. Mm-hmm. I freaking miss him in Boston. Um, yeah. But yeah, they've been looked really, really good. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Flames as well. I love Daryl Sutter back behind the bench. Obviously, we know what he was able to accomplish with the Kings. Uh, and also, of all people, Milan Lucic with goals in three consecutive games. So it's, even he's still getting it done here in 2021. Connor McDavid currently has 23 points in 11 games, which puts him on pace for 171 points, just an astronomical number. Will we finish the season with more or less than that, uh, Colin? Uh, I mean, 171 is just out of this planet. Um, I just don't think he can sustain a two-point a game um, for 82 games. I, I haven't finishing less. My estimate was around 140, which still is fucking astronomical in today's NHL. Um, so, I mean, he's just a joy to watch. We play them tomorrow night. I'm excited to watch that game just to see him play. Um but yeah, I mean, he's just fucking phenomenal. It's just crazy what he can do. Uh, yeah, I agree. It's going to be a little less. I think it's going to be like 150, though. I think he's good enough to produce at that, like, 1.75 point mm-hmm. per game clip. Like, he's, well, he's unreal. Well, because he's five, six-point games. Right? Yeah, exactly. He could go off for six points in a night, hat, easy hat trick potential every time he steps on the ice. Um and that's a highest scoring offense. So, you know, anytime they score, he's probably involved in some way. Uh, they're so stacked. And you playing with dry saddle, too, is huge um, for his point totals. Uh, just for fun, just because I have him on my fantasy team and just uh, for the hype, I'm going to say over. Uh, dude looks absolutely incredible. And you guys brought up the, the two go- the two point games, the three point games, the four point games. Like they happen for him more than anybody else in this league. So, uh, I'm going to roll with Connor McDavid on this one. The Metropolitan Division has been undoubtedly the best division in hockey through the first 10 to 13 games so far this year. Which bottom four team in that division right now has the best chance at making the playoffs? The Jackets, the Devils, the Islanders, or the Penguins? Newman. I think it's got to be the Islanders. But I, I honestly, like you guaranteed earlier, I wouldn't be shocked if they missed um, – They'll get Varlamov back eventually. That'll be huge. Um, and they play such a unique style of hockey, so defensive. They protect the lead at all costs. They're, they're very fucking good at it. Mm-hmm. So if there's any team that could rattle off a couple, you know, close wins against some really good teams in their division, I think it's the Islanders. Um, but I wouldn't count on Pittsburgh either. They're pretty solid as well. I believe Varlamov made his debut against Minnesota the other night. I could be wrong. I'm Did not he? 100% sure if you want to look at that. Let's go that. look. Colin? Uh, I think the Islanders as well. Uh, to me, they're one of those teams in the NHL that can win on any given night just based on the style of hockey they play. As Newman said, so defensive. I mean, what, if this team gets a lead, 75% of the times they're going to win that game. Like, they are so good at holding leads. You see it in the playoffs in the past few years. Like, you score early if you're the Islanders, and then you just play your game, defense, dump and chase. I mean – they're so structured. They're so disciplined. They don't take bad penalties. Uh, and obviously they have some sneaky good playmakers. Barzal, Bouvillier had a coming out party in the playoffs last year. Pajot was fantastic. They get an Anders lead back. They're going to turn it around. They'll figure it out. They brought back Palmieri. Um, what a good playoffs for them. So I think the Islanders will figure it out and they'll end up in the playoffs. Um. Hmm. I'm going to go with the Devils just because I said that I don't think that they make it. The problem with the Islanders this year is they still are getting out 
uh, they are getting ahead in games, but they're blowing leads. I mean, two nothing, or they had two leads the other night against the Minnesota Wild. Lost that game five to two. It just feels like a different year with them. And to be quite frank, like Beauvillier, you brought up Pajot, like they probably get more hype than I think they deserve. I don't think like I think they're good, but like I think they're like around like third line. I, I don't know. Just nothing special. I think they rely so heavily on Barzal and it just it really hurts them. Um so I'm gonna go with the Devils. Yeah, Pajot four points this year. Um Beauvillier. Bavillier has got seven. Okay. Um, yeah, we'll see. Plenty of time left, and obviously it's still so early. So, uh, Moving into our last question, Jeremy Colleton, the Blackhawks head coach, was relieved of his duties over the weekend. Who's the next coach to go? Andre Turigny with Arizona, Travis Green with Vancouver, or Rick Bonus with Dallas? Or if you want, you can go off the board. Uh, I'm going Rick Bonus. Uh, I feel like that his little run there was more magical. Uh, and just kind of luck of the draw with Dallas. It just seemed like that team was destined to go to the Stanley Cup that year with all they dealt with. Um, obviously, the huge surge to get into the playoffs. Um, and they just haven't lived up to expectations since. I think he's probably on his way out. Yeah, yeah I'd have to agree, although I don't think any of these coaches would be fired anytime soon, probably finish the season. Um, I don't think Travis Green will be fired. I think Vancouver's building something really good and Mr. Irrelevant over there in Arizona, whoever the fuck that guy is. I mean, it's really not his fault. His team is fucking garbage. So I guess by default, probably bonus is probably on his way out. I mean, but even his team is like in fourth or fifth in the division. They have plenty of room to move up. So I don't know. Probably bonus. I'm going to go with Travis Green. I think he's under a little bit more fire in Vancouver than you might uh, think he is. I watch like a lot of uh, Sportsnet videos uh, with people up, up in Canada, and they all think that he's under some some uh, some heat. They were supposed to be pretty good like a few years ago, like when he came in, and they've, they've consistently been bad at home, lost again last night to uh, Anaheim. Just nothing impressive with this team, uh, to be quite honest with you. And I think he is probably – he could go. I don't know if Benning's still there. He might go. Like, I, I don't know who really is in charge over there, but I think there is some heat on Vancouver right now. Yeah, that wraps up the lineup card. Uh, Newman, it's your rant today, and then we'll wrap up this episode. Real quick, can I say one more thing? If anybody else has any guarantees you want to give before the pod ends, let me know. <laughs> is, that a, uh, is that a challenge? Yeah, yeah I I say, it sounds like a challenge. Take it how you will. All right. Uh, I guarantee this. Brad Mar- Marchand finishes top five in the league in points this year. He looks like he's on just another fucking wow. planet. Every single time the Bruins score, the puck somehow either comes from his stick and goes in the net or he's facilitating the goal. He's been fucking amazing. Uh, I have him on my fantasy team, so you, you all can lick my root. Um, besides <laughs> Connor McDavid, I think he's been – or maybe Ovechkin. He's been uh, up there in the best players this year, so he's been fucking great. Let's see. I'll make a guarantee. I, so I'm looking at my team, the Lightning. They don't have a regulation loss in their next last eight games, and I think that will continue for another eight games. All right. Wow. So no uh, OT overtime or no no regulation losses for oh, the right. Lightning. Although we got oh. Florida on Saturday, so I might fucking. <laughs> I don't know. Fucking the devils just took it to him. So, <laughs> Maybe. All right. All right, Newman, you ready to rant? Yeah, sure. All right. 
All right, so my rant has to do with Aaron Rodgers, um, this fucking clown. So I'm an avid listener of the Pat McAfee show. Um, he comes on on Tuesdays, so he kind of got to sit down and plead his case, per se. Uh, and the first thing he said was he's done extensive research. And then he says he got his research from Joe Rogan, who used ivermectin, <laughs> which the people who the pharmaceutical company who makes ivermectin has come out and said, please do not use this. It doesn't work. So there is just dumb number one. Then he says he's allergic to the mRNA vaccine, which one is probably bullshit. And two, there's other options out there that don't involve mRNA. So that's not really an excuse. And three, what are you doing? What was that? Uh, I was flipping Maddie off. Um, he lied uh, about being vaccinated. He says he's immunized. And he, I feel like he went to fucking like China and got some Eastern medicine up in here, which is not the same thing as being vaccinated so you can't just lie and put the rest of your teammates at risk like apparently he's been following protocols for unvaccinated players but um i feel like he's probably gonna get some special treatment and then the real kicker that came out why well, it hasn't come out but i saw a tweet yesterday he got fined like 13 or 15k which is 14.6 yeah 14.6k which is less than what cd lamb got fined for wearing his shirt untucked for a football game so I mean, you're putting your entire team at risk and you get fined less than a player who forgets to tuck in his shirt at a game. Like, what the fuck, league? Get your shit together. And Aaron, you're a fucking dumbass. I'm sorry. I, I like you, but you're a dumbass. Good rant, Newman. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, the fucking the money is a joke. Like, I think the Pats got slapped bigger for Deflategate. Like, mm-hmm. what are the draft picks? Like, obviously, Green Bay knew about this. They were helping him get away with it. Yeah. Uh, it's just fucking 100%. garbage. I keep seeing that. I, I love the tweets that are like, um, you know, Tom Brady, they didn't even prove that he deflated any football games. And he got f- any footballs and he got four fucking games. And Rodgers just is blatantly lying to the United States of America and, and gets 14 grand. <laughs> it's fucking garbage. Yeah, kind of ridiculous. Uh, that's all I have for the pod. You boys have anything to add before we wrap it up? Nope. Go on. Sweet. Good pod. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Later. See ya. Why don't let us place your bets? I'll be the one who accepts.